Once again, you already know what it is, and you already know where you have reached the number one up-and-coming combat sports podcast anywhere in the world. I'm your host, Sean Hubbard, and this is Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Combat Sports, and we are really excited because this is one of the biggest shows in the history, in the four-year history of this podcast. When you want to talk about credentials, you want to talk about somebody that knows their stuff, how about somebody that's a world-class caliber fighter, been all over the world. I'm going to introduce him right quick. We're talking about a man who was sparring partner with Vinny Pazienza and Roy Jones and James Tony. 1995 epic fight for the WBO and NABO championship versus Michael Nunn. He's the former WBF Intercontinental Champion, ESPN Classic Boxing Analyst. It's my honor to introduce the 2010 Connecticut Boxing Hall of Famer. Big shout out and respect to John Iceman Scully. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. It's an honor. We're getting all geared up because it's fight season, man. I, I know you're excited. I know you're a big fight fan. Obviously, you've done it firsthand. First of all, just your history in the ring. You've been in, in the ring with some of the greats. You're a former champion, a Hall of Famer. How do you feel about the game? What, what do you feel about boxing in 2022 right now? Um, you know, I think it's I think it's picking up. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and especially with the, the lightweights, you know, in particular, I think it's a really good division. Um, you know, people always say, like, boxing was better, you know, 20 years ago. Every 20 years, they say it was better. Right. And, like, I remember in the 90s, people were saying how weak it was. And now people talk about the 90s like it was, like, one of the greatest years ever. Yep. So I think, I think years from now, people are going to realize that, these guys are, are good. You know, Javante Davis and, and Ryan Garcia. I mean, these guys are good. You know, they're very solid. And, um, you know, and Arthur Betabayev, my guy Arthur, uh, you know, Bavol and Canelo. I mean, I think boxing's in a good place. And, I mean, you see all the the the, the pay-per-view buys that they're mm-hmm. doing. And you see the tickets they're selling in England. Big number. Uh, Big I mean, if boxing is dying but they're selling 80,000 seats <laughs> to an arena. I don't know. That's a pretty bad death. That's, that's a fact. I agree with you. So you just talked about some of the best in the game, right? So I want to transition into October 29th fight TV pay-per-view. This is the official preview show and breakdown of uh, Paul versus Silva. I know we're talking about somebody who's considered a novice in the game and a mixed martial artist, but I think there's nobody better that can break down the sweet science and what they, these two gentlemen have to accomplish on October 29th on pay-per-view fight TV. First of all, Jake Paul, are you a believer? Not particularly. I oh. mean, I mean, you know, I think he's, I think he's my, my gut feeling is that he's putting the work in. Mm-hmm. He's trying, you know, I think people are turned off by his, you know, even mentioning Canelo. Right. You know what I mean, right. even mentioning Tyson, like mm-hmm. that's just, you know, buffoonery. Uh, but I do think he's trying to back it up. I think, you know, now there's two ways to look at it. Like mm-hmm. one, he's trying to make a name for himself and he has, and he's making mm-hmm. big money. You can't argue with that. Uh, and he's going to try hard, you know, but by the other token, the other side of the coin, he's a novice. He's a novice fighter. Mm-hmm. And it's disrespectful to even mention Canelo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, so I think he's uh, he's going to try. I'm surprised. I give him credit. I've never been a fan, and I'm not, you know I'm not a fan. I really am not. But to fight Anderson Silva, even though Anderson Silva's older, mm-hmm. I mean that's just that's a huge step up. I mean you got to you got to give him credit for that. 
But see, this is why I'm glad you're here because you're going to keep it a buck with me and tell me what I really yeah. need to know. Is it really a step up? I know what you're trying to say, but it's like, yeah. you know, you, you fought Woodley, you fought, you know, you're fighting YouTubers, you're a YouTuber yourself. Okay, yeah. now you're fighting, uh, much respect, no disrespect intended, an older Anderson Silva, right. a little bit rusty Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva who's not particularly, like he's good with his hands, but that's not what he's known for. He's an right. MMA guy. He's He's multifaceted, right? Former world right. champion, UFC. I mean, Jake Paul. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a big step. No, right. To world to world class level. Right, 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 right. But you know, in other words, Anderson Silva would beat Woodley. You know, with okay. zero doubt. You know, okay. and Ben asked you. You know, if 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 Anderson fought the same guys this guy had already fought, he would be five and zero oh too, or whatever he is, six and zero. Oh. Uh, so he's of the guys he's fought, Anderson is the best. So in that regard, it's a step up, Um, you know, but everything is calculated. I mean, the guy is older, you know, much older for a boxer. He's old and he's not technically, you know, he's not really a boxer, even though he did beat beat Chavez Jr. You got to give him some credit, Uh, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a calculated thing. I mean, I mean, the reality is this. And, and I always have to remind myself of this in situations like this. They don't want Jake Paul to lose. Absolutely they, not. Because once he loses, and if he loses bad, he's completely done. Like, he will mm-hmm. never be taken seriously again. He will be finished. So he has one shot to get to a big fight. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's trying to do. Um, you know, but like I say, I'm overall, I'm not a fan, you know, he, he deserves the right to try. I guess ultimately, ultimately, like the one thing I can say, people say, oh, you hate on him. I go, listen, man, I'm not hating on him. They say, because I say, if I say he fought weak competition, they say, yeah, well, you did too when you turned pro. And I say, yes, very, very true. But we didn't charge people $100 a ticket right. to see me fight these guys. We charged $25 and I got paid a $1,500 to fight these guys to right. learn the game. And I was trying to have a long career, which I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to learn on the job. You're fighting these guys on pay-per-view and making like their huge fights and you're charging big money. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. I knew, you know, my promoter knew what the product was and how much to charge to see it. Uh, so you can't expect people to pay 80, a hundred dollars to watch you fight. And realistically, you're fighting a you you know a, a MMA guy and a this guy, so it's a little it's a little deceiving. And 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 I think as a purist, my my problem with it is, it's the fans more than him. Like, it's kind of like people who don't know boxing, and and I mean they don't know boxing at all. They mm-hmm. just know you. They know Jake Paul. I I'll be honest. I didn't even know who Jake Paul was. I didn't realize. He was on, I guess he was on a TV show. He was on some kind of kid right. show or something. And, I didn't and, also, know that. and also YouTube thing. Right. I knew about him YouTube. I didn't know he was on a TV show mm-hmm. until like two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I Literally, like I would say 10 days. Right. Somebody showed me a clip of him. He was, you know, on a high school show or whatever it was. I had no idea. I had never heard of him. And, and on YouTube, I didn't even know what he does. I don't know mm-hmm. what he does on YouTube, mm-hmm. but. But uh, so my point is, I trained Scotty Pemberton. I don't know if you remember Scotty, Sandman Pemberton. He fought the fight of the year two years in a row on ESPN with Omar Sheikah. 
fights that were rivals of Gaddy Ward. Like mm-hmm. they were that those type of wars. Scotty made like I think ten thousand dollars for the wow. fight. Wow. You know, to go war at go to war with a world class huh. fighter like Omar Sheikha, killing each other for ten thousand. And then this guy comes along and because of YouTube, he's making all that money. Uh, it's it's that's what's troubling. And then they have to understand why a boxing purist purist would be troubled by that. You know, a guy like Scotty comes up through the amateurs and he's got a tough career and he fights all the tough guys. And and then he just prays for a, a payday against Jeff Lacey so he can buy his own house for his right. wife and his kid. Right. And this guy pays more than that in taxes every year and has had five fights so sure he's gonna have to understand that but real boxing people uh you know are affected by that you know it's it's like man we got to go through all this in our lives and dedicate our lives and then this guy walks in and you know (laughs) he gets he just gets a pass you know and then and they're coming out in droves like i said you know with everything going on you know we got like i said it's a major fight situation going on we just are on the heels of Canelo uh, Triple G3, which I thought was a good fight. Not as close as the, the the judges saw it. I thought Canelo won going away, but that's neither here nor there. But like I said, it's like these back-to-back fights. Like I said, we got October 29th, Paul, Silva, Fight TV. We also have what I'm really intrigued with, the return of Deontay Wilder. Right. Now that, that's what it's all about for me. We're talking that's fight. That's also fight TV pay-per-view October 30th or 29th. I should say, what is your feeling? Is Deontay Wilder back? Cause I'm going to give you my analysis and then I'm going to bow down to the guy who really knows what he's talking about. Right. Wilder's going to win. And I think Wilder's going to put himself right back in line for a title shot. I could certainly see that. And in, in a case like this, it's going to come down to one thing mm-hmm. because Deontay Wilder from before fury, wins you know and he wins you know he wins big you know he's yeah. he's a puncher and he's you know he's he's got heart he showed only, so much heart the only man to put a blemish on his loss is that one guy right of. right right and you know and and he had to go through hell pretty much to do it uh you know so so wilder but psychologically and i and that's why i i never listen to what people say before a fight you see you'll see people like oh he said he's gonna break his ribs and he said he's as listen before every fight in history, two guys tell you what they're going to do, and only mm-hmm. one of them is right. Mm-hmm. The other one is going to be proven wrong. So I don't care what a guy says because – and I've said it. When I was fighting, I really thought certain fights would go a certain way, and then I get in there, and I'm not feeling it, and I'm not feeling right. smooth, and I'm affected by weight loss or whatever the case is. So my words meant nothing. You understand? The, the night of the fight is what matters. So – I'm, uh, you know, I don't really listen to people, uh, what they say. Oh, I'm back and I'm not affected. You don't know if you're affected until you get in there. The thing is, Wilder lived and died by the sword. You know, he was a puncher. He knew it. Everybody knew it. He was going to knock everybody out. He not only dropped Fury those times, but Fury got up and then came back and bludgeoned him. That is a huge psychological blow to anyone, but especially to a guy who lives and dies by the sword. It's it's horrible for him. And if he's not strong mentally, emotionally, he's going to have a huge time, if, if not being unsuccessful, at coming back and being who he was before. So Wilder 
very well could. I don't know his mental makeup. We're, we're going to find out about him on the 29th. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think that it's it's a big deal. I think it's something that we have to look forward to. Like I said, you just brought it up. Silver Paul 29th, Wilder on, on the 15th. This guy, Hellenus, is no pushover. Right, he, right. 31 and 3. I mean, he, he's a former, you know, he's won lesser championships, but he's been in the mix time and time again. And he's somebody coming yeah, yeah. to make a name for himself on pay-per-view. And nobody knows more than you the importance of the big stage. So how does this guy go from pretty much obscurity to shocking the world? Because I would consider him being Wilder as, as a shock. Right. You know, he I think the the main thing. I, I would say psych. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big psychological guy. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking at it as a fighter. What I what I would do, what I would think, what I how I would respond to certain mm -hmm. things. And I think Helenus, one thing he needs to do as soon as possible is catch Deontay clean. He right. needs to hit Deontay hard early in the fight. He can't let Deontay get comfortable because, like I say, I don't care what anybody says. You know, meaning Deontay, I get it. Uh, you know, like like coming into the fight, he's going to have apprehension. There's mm -hmm. going to be a, a psychological barrier he's going to have to get over. If Hellenius jumps on him right away and catches him early, the whole boat could sink. Could, you know, we don't know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to take advantage of psychological opportunities that, that are going to present themselves. And uh, early in the fight is going to be when. Wilder's going to need to get acclimated again. He's the Wilder needs to land him some good shots and get back to feeling what he's feeling like. You know, and a fighter would tell you, like, like I could go in the garage right now. My heavy bag is in the garage, right? I could walk in there right now, put the gloves on, and start punching the bag. But I'm not going to feel good for like two or three rounds. It's okay. going to take time for me to feel good, even though I'm I'm hyped up and I really want to hit this bag. I have to get into my flow. And if Helenius can catch Deontay before he gets in that flow, we could we could have a, have an issue. Now, with that being said, I think I think Deontay has something to prove. I think he has that power that even though he's not a he's not a gifted technical fighter, you know, <laughs> to put it never like, has been, you know, never has been. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, but he has that power and it's crazy. The crazy thing about pro is that power i'll give an example like say a guy fights julian jackson right mm -hmm. and we're going over it. i'm gonna say i'm training my guy and we're fighting julian jackson i say all right man listen you know julian's not that tall we can leave him at the end of the jab and you know julian gets hit and he's been hurt you know if we sting him early and i could give all these things and make my guy really confident but then he's gonna go yeah but what about his power? And I go, yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of, that kind of mm -hmm. throws a monkey wrench in anything because if Julian catches you at any time, all the other stuff might go right out the window because pain, you know, pain and power, you know, they, they rule the day. You know, mm -hmm. if you, if you're catching each other, whoever's the bigger puncher is going to have the huge advantage. Right. And uh, so Deontay has that, you know, that one punch power, where even if he was 45 years old and he still hit you, he's going to, he's going to do some damage. So Hellenius has to fight a really disciplined fight, but I think he needs to, he needs to get in Deontay's head early in the fight.
I want to go a little bit more into the psychological piece. Um, I know your schedule's crazy, so we're going to wrap it up. But before we let you go, we got to go into this small piece of it. Well, actually, big piece, because I think it's quite, like massively important as it relates to how the fight turns out on the 15th. The last three times Deontay Wilder's been in the ring, he's come out without a win. That, that's yeah. just a fact. He's been unsuccessful uh, in his last three fights. Draw, loss, loss. Like you just brought up, the first time he gets, you know, Mike Tyson says, yeah, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. The first time Wilder gets struck, because this guy, Helenus, is no pushover, like I said, 31-3, and three, many knockouts, excellent knockout ratio. He's coming to win. How right. does Wilder overcome that? Because the last three times he's been in the ring and the last three times he's been hit, it hasn't gone well. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's something he needs to work out his own way. And I, and I, and I'll give you an example. Most guys, when they, when you think of guys in history who have, who have had a bad knockout loss, mm -hmm. they generally are never the same. Now there's only two guys I can think of who were better, who came back strong. That was Terry Norris mm. and Mar Marlon Starlin. When he got knocked out after the bell uh, right. against Marlon Harris, he actually beat Honeygan a year later, which was his best fight of his career. Would you also, um, would you also possibly include Holyfield after the Riddick Bolos? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He yeah. got stopped, you know, but, but like Holy, you know, Norris, Norris and Moochie Marlon got obliterated. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like Marlon gotcha. got clipped without knowing it was coming. You know, Holyfield yeah. kind of got beaten down and right. it was a little it. different. Right. They got, they got brutal, embarrassingly brutalized. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but they came back, but that's, that's, that's kind of rare. Most guys, once they start losing, you know, Simon Brown and a few different guys, as good as they were, once they start getting stopped, that's it. You know, it, they're done. And, and I don't know if that's psychological, physical, a combination of both. Um, Wilder, you know, it's, uh, it's we're going to have to, we're going to, it remains to be seen. I can't even guess what's going to happen with him. I'm with you. Well, look, we're not about to let you go, but I, I just want to say thank you once again. The heavyweight division, let's just focus on heavyweights for 30 seconds since we're talking about Wilder. The heavyweight division is wide open. Usyk, uh, King Kong, Wilder, you know, Tyson Fury, we're not sure what he's going to do. I don't know if he's officially announced his retirement or not. The thing still up in the air right now. It's just, it's massive. And I think Wilder is on the doorstep of becoming, I'm not going to say he's not, he's already relevant, but he's on the doorstep of getting right back into the championship picture. I mean, I don't think Joshua's done. It, it's wide open. But listen, before we let you go, Mr. Scully, I, I want to say thank you. You know what I'm saying? This is a big deal for me. I'm not ashamed to say it to all my fans, all my followers. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Well, I'm at, uh, on Facebook, I'm, um, I'm at Iceman John Scully. And I have two, I have two pages, Iceman John Scully. And I have John the Iceman Scully and the Iceman is one word. And then I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not, I, I, I think it's Iceman Scully or Iceman John Scully. I'm, I'm sure if somebody wanted to find me, they could find me. I'm not sure the exact name, but I think it's Iceman John Scully or Iceman Scully. Uh, and I actually have a YouTube channel. Let's uh, go. My, my YouTube channel, I think, I think it's pretty good. I have some pretty cool stuff on there. I don't know if you've seen it, but I have some good stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I follow yeah, I you on social media. Every All okay. your stuff is going to be in the description of this podcast. Don't worry about that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. it. Thank you. 
Thank Yo, listen, you. so listen, we're going to wrap this thing up. I'm going to put Mr. Scully on the spot and let him let the world know he's on his way to a training session right now. And he took the time out to get with his, with his young boy. You know what I'm saying? We met at uh, Rob Garrett. Big shout out to Rob Garrett from New Rochelle, a Rob Garrett yes, event, um, charity event, boxing event a couple months ago. And uh, John Scully's been nothing but gracious to me. It's a blessing, man. So I want to say thank you again, John. It's been a pleasure. Listen, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, Anytime you, you know, if you ever need a guest and you want to talk boxing, I, uh, just give me a call anytime. I appreciate it very much. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you. Let's go. Let's go. Make sure you check out Paul versus Silva, everybody, on the, on, excuse me, on the 29th. Wilder, Helenus on the 15th Fight TV pay-per-view. Make sure you check out hubbardwrestling.com, hub underscore wrestling on Twitter, and hub wrestling weekly on Instagram. He is the legendary John Iceman Scully. I'm Sean Hubbard, and we'll highlight you next time. Remember, as always, evil never prevails. Salute.